Welcome to Paycor's Need to Know podcast. It's our quick look at a single subject in the world of HR, payroll, and every area of employee management. It's what you need to know. Catherine Reber is an attorney with Jackson Lewis. She represents employees in labor and employment issues. In this podcast, she talks about the importance of an organization having an employee handbook. It's the umbrella of employee management. You don't need it until you need it, and then you need it really bad. Catherine, thank you for joining us today here on the podcast. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about your firm. What do you guys do? Sure. Well, I'm a labor and employment attorney with the law firm of Jackson Lewis. And Jackson Lewis is a national labor and employment law boutique. And most people, when they hear the word boutique, they think little, but we're we're nowhere near little. We have 57 offices spread across the United States. We have over 800 attorneys, and all we do is work. We represent employers in all matters of labor and employment. So if you're an employer and you need help complying with the law, maybe it's coming up with a new handbook, making sure that you're in compliance with a brand new law that takes effect in 60 days, or trying to deal with a discipline issue with somebody who is claiming that if you fire them, they've got their uh, labor and employment attorney's number on speed dial. Whatever the case may be, whether it is helping you with compliance or defending you and helping you with a charge or litigation, that is all we do at Jackson Lewis. Your law firm, like a lot of law firms, have kind of two sides to you. There's prevention, and then there's defense when something has gone wrong, right? Where, where somebody's come knocking on their door and said, I'm suing you. We're going to talk about prevention today. One of the best ways to prevent a lot of things is the employee handbook. Absolutely. It's my first day as a new employee. I come in, I sit down, I take my coat off, and I'm presented my handbook. And I'm signing either that first page or that last page with the idea that I've signed it and said that I've read it. Whether I read it or not, I'm still signing. That needs to be part of any onboarding experience for a new employee, this handbook. Um, But handbooks are uh, something that are not always easy to come up with, and they can be a little intimidating for somebody whose business is, is... Baking cupcakes, painting houses, fixing cars, you know, uh, landscaping, whatever. That This is obviously not their forte. This is not their world. Paycor offers the HR Support Center, which has employee handbooks people can download and work with HR on demand, work with our people to modify them. What, um, what should be covered in the employee handbook? What are the basics that any employee handbook should have? Sure. Well, there are a handful of rules and policies that absolutely need to be a part of every handbook. The first thing is an introduction section that tells employees that they are at will. Most states, except for I believe Montana, are employment at will states. And what that means... Okay, there we go. Go ahead. Okay. So the first thing that your handbook needs to do is it needs to identify the fact that the employment at will relationship is alive and well. And we typically do that in an employment at will policy. And it says your relationship with the company is at will. What that means is you are free to leave us at any time for any reason with or without notice. By the same token, the company is free to end the employment relationship at any time for any reason without notice. And that needs to be one of the very first policies that an employee sees when they open up your handbook. And that can be important to present it that way as not a negative, but a look, there's both sides to this agreement here. You can go if you need to, right? And we can let you go if we need to. Absolutely, and if if you say it correctly, 
employees will have a far better experience and they'll walk away um, not feeling like, wow, you know, this is the penal code that you've just thrown at me. So, you know, that's the very first thing, though, is make sure that you get your tone right. Make sure that right up front you establish that employment at will is the relationship. In addition, you want to make clear at the outset that the handbook is not a contract. Why not? You don't want the, as an employer, you don't want the handbook to be a contract because you need the flexibility to address unique issues that come up. You need the flexibility to change your rules and your policies as the laws change. You need to have the flexibility to change the rules and the policies and the expectations as your business model changes. If I have somebody who's been with me five years and they had an employee handbook five years ago and they signed it, I then changed the employee handbook because now cell phones are around and they weren't without more than five years. But you know, if I, somebody was with me 15 years, cell phones weren't mentioned because they just weren't around that much or they weren't that, you know. Uh, so I've added something to the handbook. Do I have to have that person come back in and sign the new version of the handbook? Well, typically what we recommend that employers do is that if there's only one or two new policies that you are going to roll out to your workers, that you create a certificate of receipt and you can give the employees those handful of new policies and say, look, these go along with your handbook that we issued in, say, 2016. Some employers also use an intranet um, or they use electronic signatures and make the policies or the handbook available electronically to employees. And that's all fine. You just want to make sure that you tell employees and can prove that you told employees where they can go to get to your handbook or to your policies. And you also want to make sure that you can prove through an electronic signature or receipt of some sort that the employee actually received um, that notice and that handbook. Don't have to prove that they read it, just have to prove that they received it and it was able for them to read it. That's right, because another thing that the handbook is going to say typically is that, look, you're bound by these rules and policies, or we expect you to adhere to these rules and policies, so it's in your best interest to read them. Okay, so first thing is at will. And what else, do, give me four more things that that handbook needs to have. Sure, so you want your at-will statement, you want to make clear that the handbook is not a contract. Not a contract, right. That it can be changed at any time um, in the company's discretion and that it cannot possibly cover all the issues that might come up in the, your day-to-day -day workplace. In addition, you want to make sure that you have an equal employment opportunity policy that makes clear to your workers that you treat all employees the same and that you do not take adverse action, you provide the same opportunities to everybody regardless of race, sex, age, religion, national origin, disability, color, veteran status, um, and you also want to set forth a complaint procedure. And in that complaint procedure, you will say that in the event that you feel like you have been subjected to uh, discrimination or harassment or retaliation, or you believe that you observed it or witnessed it or heard that it's happened, here's the process that you should use to report it. Because if you don't report it, we won't know about it and we can't help you with it. In addition, you would want to include a section that talks about um, employees or talks to employees who might need accommodations. Perhaps they're disabled and they need some sort of a reasonable accommodation to perform their job. You would want to include language in your equal employment opportunity policy or in a standalone reasonable accommodation policy that alerts employees who are disabled that if they have a problem they can come to you and you'll work together to find a solution. 
In addition to that, you want to make sure that the policy includes whatever your requirements are regarding timekeeping. And generally what we would typically see is something that talks about um, employees being classified as either exempt or non-exempt and the obligation to review and accurately input their hours worked and if they see any problems on their paycheck, whether it be in the number of hours worked that are recorded on the pay stub or in the amount of pay or perhaps the commission, they're given a process to complain. And you want to also make clear that managers, no manager, no matter what their level is, has the power to tell you to work off the clock. Okay. Uh, you, you mentioned timekeeping and classification within the handbook and it needs to clearly set out you are this type of worker, this is, this is the working hours expected of you, this is how we expect you to track your time. In your experience, timekeeping and classification are two of the areas that are, you see the most problems in. They are two areas where we see so much litigation and the problem is if you have an employee who says um, look I was improperly classified as an exempt employee and so if you had properly classified me as non-exempt I would have earned overtime pay and I worked X number of hours and over 40 every week and so you owe me all of that overtime pay in addition to that you owe me a double amount as liquidated damages. In addition to that, you owe my attorney's fees. And oh, by the way, it's not just me bringing the lawsuit. I'm bringing it on behalf of everybody who's been in this role for the past three years. So the handbook's not a get out of lawsuit free card, but it, it is a way to say, here's the process if you feel you're in the wrong area, you're in the wrong classification. Follow this process. Absolutely. It alerts employees that there is a way that if they have a problem, they can bring it forward to you. And generally, we would also include a just a general complaint procedure that employees know that, look, this is an open door kind of place. If you have a problem, here's what you can do to resolve that issue. Because if you don't let us know there's a problem, we can't fix it. All right, so we've got our five items so far. Quick sure. Review. Okay. So any handbook, any good handbook, yeah. is going to right out of the box explain to people that they're uh, the the nature of the at will relationship. Okay. It's going to explain that the handbook is not a contract and that it's subject to change. Okay. It's going to explain that the company is an equal employment opportunity employer right. and that they don't discriminate based on any of the protected categories. It will also include a reasonable accommodation policy and a complaint procedure for people to use if they feel like they've been discriminated against, harassed, or retaliated against based on any of the protected categories or they've observed that kind of behavior um, occurring to one of their coworkers. In addition to that, we would want to make sure that we have a policy or a suite of policies, if you will, that deal with how employees are classified for overtime pay purposes and the company's expectations regarding timekeeping. Um, we would want to include within that suite of policies a procedure that employees understand that they're obligated to make sure that they're accurately inputting their time and they're reviewing their paychecks every week to ensure that their hours worked are properly recorded and that they're properly being paid for all the hours of work that they perform. And the last thing that you would include in that suite is a provision that makes clear that we want to make sure as a company that you're paid properly for all the hours that you work. So if you've got a problem with your hours worked or your pay, here's what you need to do in order to bring that to our attention. 
The next thing that you would include in a handbook policy or in a handbook um, would be a general complaint procedure or an open door policy that lets people know that they, if they have an issue, you're there to listen. Um, and certainly... In that section, do you say something about if you come in and, and, and state a, a problem, if, you, if you're upset about something, you can do this without fear of reprisal, without retaliation? Absolutely. Or, okay. Absolutely. You want to make it clear to employees that you welcome their input. Because look, if somebody's got a gripe, they've got a complaint about their boss, and it's not getting resolved internally, there are countless plaintiff's attorneys who are more than happy to help that employee sue you to get it resolved, or alternatively, countless people who work for unions who are out there telling employees, bring me your problems and I'll fix them for you. All we have to do is get a union in place. Right, right. So it's just part of that open door. Let's communicate. Let's resolve problems before they become bigger problems. Absolutely. So one of those problems these days is social media, cell phones, tablets. Um, how, how often can I check Facebook on the job? Right. Am I allowed to have my cell phone on me at the job? Um, how often can, can I check email, that type of thing? What can, a, what can a handbook say? Can it say you can't have your phone here? Can it say you can only check once an hour? What can it do? Well, the handbook can be as unique as the employer. And you know, if you work for Apple, I would imagine that their social media and internet usage policy looks very different than if you work for, say, the local doctor's office or the local bakeries. Okay, so every handbook is unique to the employer, but generally speaking, whatever your expectations are as an employer, you want to communicate those to your employees. And you want to say, look, when you're here to work, we expect you to work. And when you're not working, you're free to do X, Y, or Z, whatever you think is appropriate. You have to be really careful in your social media and internet usage policy not to run afoul of the National Labor Relations Act by telling employees that they can't do something that the law otherwise permits. Um, and you want to also make clear that, look, if you would have gotten in trouble for some type of conduct, if it happened right here in my hallway, and you do it out on the internet, the same consequences will follow. But again, it's a tricky area when it comes to the National Labor Relations Act, so you have to be sure that you're not overstepping your bounds and telling employees that they can't do something, which is a federally protected right under the National Labor Relations Act. Okay. Along those lines, what can, what can a handbook not cover? What are you not allowed to put in there? There are lots of things that could be considered to be a violation of various laws. For instance, um, since we we're talking earlier about the National Labor Relations Act, um, some employers still put in provisions that say you're not allowed to discuss your pay with others. You can't do that. If you do that, it's like putting a bullseye on your back. And if some employee ends up making their way down to the National Labor Relations Board and files a complaint against you, you're going to have a problem. Because the National Labor Relations Act basically says that people can come together um, on a concerted basis in order to discuss with you terms and conditions of employment, and you can't do anything about it. We like to refer to it as, as protected group gripe. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, is that the official term? Yeah, yeah. That, that is the non-official term. Oh, okay. <laughs> so employees can do that. And one of the things that's a term or condition of employment is your pay, right? Yeah. Another thing is your supervisor. Yeah. Another thing is your bonus policy. Another thing is your compensation. 
Another thing is whether your warehouse is air conditioned. If it relates to terms and conditions of employment, your employees have the right to come together and talk to you about it or complain to you about it. And if you discipline them for doing that or tell them that they can't, or even chill their rights to do so, then the National Labor Relations Board is going to have a problem with you. It sounds like the best thing to do is to get Paycourse HR Support Center, download the employee handbook that's editable, put in your policies, put in your logo, put in your names, and just use that handbook. You go in, you get a nice, solid, reputable handbook like the one that, that Paycor provides, and then you tailor it. You know, you have to make sure that it works for you and works for your business. You've got to make sure, for instance, I know that you know the Paycor handbook will include provisions for larger employers. So for instance, if you're an employer that has 50 or more employees, you've got to have a Family Medical Leave Act policy, right? But the bakery or the mechanic shop that only has 10, do they need one? Of course not. And if they have one, even though they're not covered by the law, there's likely going to be a court out there that says, because you told employees that you were going to follow the Family Medical Leave Act, we're going to make you do that. This has been great. Perhaps the only thing worse than having a handbook that's unclear is not having a handbook at all. So you definitely have to have a handbook. You definitely want to make your expectations clear because really it forms the foundation of so many of the defenses that you might use in the event you get sued. It forms the basis for how your managers learn and know their policies so that they can accurately um, talk to their subordinates about the rules, right? And this, this is part of effectively onboarding a new employee. Don't just put down the handbook and say, sign this, and then get them to work. Take the time. Walk through the handbook. Make sure your managers know what's in there, that type of thing. It's all about communication. It is all about communication and making sure that people more than just view your handbook as a, as a paperweight, they really ought to understand what the policies say and why they're in place um, so that they can use them to their advantage and to your advantage so that you can have a nice, harmonious work environment where everybody is focused on getting the job done. And we have that one right here. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. The Need to Know podcast and its contents are the exclusive property of Paycor Incorporated and may not be distributed without prior written consent. The subject matter in this podcast should not be considered tax, financial, or legal advice. For more information about this subject or other employee management solutions, please contact your Paycor specialist or visit paycor.com. Thank you for your time.